Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Terrorist Memoirs and the latest delve into the life of a football supporter. I'm Dave Harris, your host, Reading fan of 32 years, season ticket holder of 22. Um, and I've got to apologise once again. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode. Um, obviously, the last episode was with comedian Kevin Day. We spoke um, quite extensively about his support and love for Crystal Palace. Um, he, of course, is the host of the Price of Football podcast with Kieran Maguire. Um, so, yes, apologies for the uh, for the couple of weeks break. Um, long, long story short, there's been a bit of a, a bit of radio silence from me, just so I can sort my head out a bit. Um, some people who know me, uh, not everybody, have had to keep it fairly quiet. But uh, I've been in a recovery from some quite heavy head issues over the last couple of years, and just had a little bit of a wobble. So I've just taken some time out to sort things out upstairs. Rest assured. It's not serious. It's just, as I say, just a little wobble. Um, and I'm back in control of the old anxiety and depression. So um, got, got, got the help, uh, help that I needed and we're on the way back to where I was before. Um, anyway, enough about me. As I say, it's like this being my podcast, the episodes are all about my guests. And following on from Kevin, um, we stay in the London boroughs south of the river and we talk about the newest member of the football league Sutton United and Sutton United fan Sarah Aitchison started started to run a brilliant little initiative for um, local charities uh, a little bit of a cake giveaway um, and uh, it looks well, just I just noticed it on uh, on Twitter at the weekend and thought you know what this is the sort of thing that really needs some exposure um, so yes we're talking to Sarah, about her support for Sutton today and um, what sort of cake she bakes and all that kind of malarkey. And Sarah, you're welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. And I'm really glad to hear you're feeling better as well. Good. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, we spoke very, very briefly um, about how you're feeling after Saturday. Um, <laughs> that was a bit of a roller coaster, wasn't it? That was amazing. <laughs> it was one of the best games of football I've ever seen. And I've seen quite a few. Yeah, it was, uh, was it Port Vale that you beat 4-3, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yeah, we were 2-0 yeah. down, yeah. and then we equalised, and then we were 3-2 down, and uh, then we grabbed a very cheeky injury time winner. <laughs> yeah, always always nice when, with the old injury time winners. They are the best time to score, aren't they? Absolutely. So, so the season then, so the season so far, um, I mean, you've, it's the first season in the Football League, promotion from the National League, which was, I think some would 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 care to to say it was a little bit unexpected, um, but hey, you know you finished top of the table, um, rightly got into the into the football league. And is it uh, was it was it unexpected from Sutton fans' point of view last season? And and how do we think this season's going to pan out? Yeah, it was it was really surreal actually, and nobody quite expected it to happen. Uh, I mean, we were doing very well uh, for the whole season really, but I think. I don't know. It sort of didn't seem real. And I think a lot of that was because we couldn't be at games last season. Um, mm -hmm. So it kind of didn't really feel like it was happening, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then, you know, it was a really exciting title race, uh, which was really, it would have been interesting to watch even as outsiders. Um, so that that was great. And then when it finally happened, it was just we couldn't get our heads around it. None of the Sutton fans I know could get our heads around it for a while. And at first, I mean, for me personally, I was a bit worried just thinking, you know, I really hope we don't just come straight back down again. 
because uh, we've had to spend all our money, um, you know, removing our 3G pitch and putting in a grass yeah. one because obviously we're not allowed the 3G in, in the EFL. Um, so I was a little bit concerned. Um, but then we sort of stuck with the squad that had won us the league with one or two changes. Um, but by and large, we've retained kind of that heart of the team. And the team spirit was unbelievable. And I think that's a big part of what won us the title. So when mm. we saw we were going into the new season with that, uh, I felt a lot more confident. And I think a lot of the other Sutton fans did as well. And, the, you know, we've had, we've had a, it's, we've only played 10 games. Um, it's been a little bit up and down, but the last few weeks we really seem to have hit a groove and um, we've been playing some amazing football. So I'm feeling a lot more confident now about this season. Good, good. And um, so you're up to seventh with that win and 17 points. And I, I'm just looking, looking through your squad list now and, and I think this would go for many, many people. There's not many sort of what you call household names at football league level, are there? Um, no. Which it sometimes is, uh, is, is, is well, as, as I'm talking as a Reading fan, which is exactly the same for us in the pre- when we were promoted to the Premier League. It worked in our favour because team spirit and, 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 and quality um, eventually got us there. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, we, we have a few uh, members of our squad who have played in the Football League before. Uh, and we've also got a few who never have before. And uh, that mixture of sort of experience and youth as well, we've got as well, which is always very handy to have. So whereabouts are the goals mainly coming from them? They're, they're sort of coming from all over, which is which I like. Uh, I've always liked that. I mean, we've in my time as a Sutton fan, it's it's been quite rare that we've had um, the sort of player who scores loads and loads of goals. Um, and I think it's really good to have goals coming from all over the place really because then you're not too reliant on one or two players and also those players who score a lot of goals they're really expensive um so <laughs> do you prefer mm-hmm. it this way to be honest yeah so, but you, you suddenly seem to have hit a really good run of form i mean there's a there's a two nil defeat at exeter which is nothing to be ashamed of in the middle of that but you've won five of your last six league games and ultimately as as, as well, it goes for a, any um, any club in a 46-game season, momentum counts for a hell of a lot. And if you could just keep it going, you know, there's no reason. There's no reason why, based on the results that that are there, there's no reason why you can't you can't finish up the playoffs or even pushing for a you know for a double promotion. Is that um, is that is that beyond the wildest dreams and the expectations, or is that is that you know suddenly firmly in your side that you seem to have found your feet? I wouldn't like to say, to be honest, <laughs> it's difficult because, um, I mean, up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, oh, come on, don't be silly. This is something they're talking about. You know, we're, we still feel like we still feel like we support a non-league team sometimes. Um, but, you know, the way we've been playing over the last few weeks and it's kind of convinced me that there's nothing for us to fear from this league. I mean, when we first won promotion, I was terrified. I looked, looked at all the names of the team to be playing this season and thought, no, <laughs> I don't like the look of that. <laughs> but now, I mean, I don't think there is a team in this league that we would not be capable of beating on a good day. Yeah. From what I've seen so yeah. far. 
I was going to say, the, is, the, is there much in the way of dif much difference in the way of um, of standard? Uh, is it is it um, pretty much as expected, or have you been in some at some points? Uh, wow, this is this is something a bit different. There's a bit of both. Really. I mean, the, it, it's kind of um, the the very top of the national league, the top sides there. Um, that's kind of a similar standard, really, to what we're playing at the moment. Um, I think we've stepped our game up, even though we've got, you know, most of the same team as last season. I've been so impressed by some of our performances this season. Um, but I think the same would have been true last season if, if we'd been there in person. It, it always looks slightly different when you're watching it on a screen and I'm not used to watching on a screen because I've, you know, gone to every game home and away for years and years. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I guess... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, of course it is a step up, but I don't think it's quite as significant as I thought it was going to be. Do you think that, that consistency of performance is, is something to do with consistency of management? Because if you look at your, and not, some people might not know this, but if you look at your, your um, recent history of, uh, of managers, you give managers a hell of a lot of time in charge, don't you? And we're going back to, I'm looking at John Raines here, who was 96 Paul Doswell was 2007, and then Matt Gray, who's in charge now, is uh, was was appointed in 2019. You've had That's three right. managers in 25 years. That's not That's quite impressive. true. We had, um, we had a few short-term managerial appointments in between John Raines and Paul Doswell. Um, right. Okay. But none of them really lasted very long. It took a while to find the right person for the job. I think. Um, Paul Doswell was definitely the right person for us at the time that he came in. By the time Matt Gray came in, I think he was the right person for the job, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Perhaps Dos kind of had taken the club as far as he could. Um, and Matt had actually been, he was actually uh, one of Dos's assistants, uh, one of one of the coaching team. Uh, so he yeah. he was already at the club when he was appointed manager. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he knew what we were all about and the sort of club ethos and the way things worked. And, of course, he knew the players as well. So it was uh, some people were a little bit underwhelmed by the appointment simply because he's never had a managerial post before. It's his first one. He had yeah. been assistant manager. I mean, in, at football league sides as well. Um, but he'd not actually been in charge before. Um and I think a lot of people wanted a household name. <laughs> We're not going to get one of those with our budget. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, it was it, it was the right time for him to come. It was a really good appointment. Obviously, that's very much stating the obvious when you look at what's happened. Um, but yeah, we, we have, uh, to answer your question, I think the consistency has had a lot to do with it. Um, because a lot of the time, I mean, with Sutton, I think a lot of it is about knowing the club. The way we work is maybe not quite the same as other clubs. I'm not sure how far I can expand on that because I've never been really involved with other clubs, but a lot of people say that. Um, mm. that the way we do things is very much, it has to be the Sutton way. Uh, and the club tends to appoint managers um, and other appointments, I guess, from sort of people who understand how we work, who, who sort of yeah. know you know that they get they get the club and how it works uh, i think that's quite a big part of you know it, it'll making sure everything fits together 
I think that's more important than a lot of other criteria for our club. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I look at, um, I, I fairly closely follow Maiden. I've got a couple of friends who actually work for Maidenhead United and I look at Sutton United and I look at Maidenhead as vaguely similar, um, similar sized clubs and they have to do things. Maidenhead are obviously National League as well, as you know. That's obviously not the case now, um, but they, you know, they're National League, the highest level they've ever been at, and they have to do things totally different to some of the clubs down there because uh, they are a semi-professional club as well, um, and they've got to get the manager uh, absolutely, absolutely spot on. Now for Maidenhead, they've got the perfect name in in Alan Devonshire. He's been there before, knows the club inside out, and just, you know, I mean, the, the job he does at Maidenhead is absolutely phenomenal. Um, oh, I, I've always admired him actually. Yeah, yeah, he's um, and I say he's very popular. I think with Braintree fans as well because he, he managed to get those, if not into the playoffs, and certainly very very nearby. Um, so for a club at that level, the uh, the managerial appointment is is particularly critical. I think more so than it is for a club higher up. And you know, it looks like Sutton have um, have, have hit gold with uh, with really, doesn't it? Yes, stunning appointment it turned out to be. Yeah. So. I mean, you mentioned earlier that you follow Sutton home and away. Um, you go to every single game. Um, uh, how long? How long has it been since you went to your first game? And what, what do you remember of it? Oh, it was uh, it's, it's 1995, my first one. Um, it was an FA Cup first round replay um, against Kidderminster Harriers, who at the time were mm-hmm. a division above us, um, and uh, it went to penalties. It was a bit of a nail biter up until that point. It it was sort of one of those games that sort of seemed to hang in the balance and no one was quite sure which way it was going to end. And then, like I said, it went to penalties. And our keeper, Gary McCann, who's um, now become a household name at Hendon, um, he saved two penalties, if I recall correctly. Um, And uh, and we won won the shootout and went went through to the the second round um, where... We were away at Hereford and lost, unfortunately. But but they were a football league side at the time. It was interesting because um, the, the, at one point, the last five draws we'd had against football league sides were Notts County, Hereford, Notts County, Hereford and Notts County. And of course, we lost them all. <laughs> uh, and now we're in the football league and neither of them are. So that's, that's you know, that's how that goes in football, isn't it? And, <laughs> but anyway. Football, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah, that that was just. Um, I, I was absolutely. I remember going to school the next day because it was it was a midweek game and absolutely buzzing. Um, and uh, I went to an all girls grammar school, which in the nineties uh, wasn't exactly a hotbed of football fans. Uh, I dare say things have changed a bit now in that department. Um, and I was trying to tell everyone about this amazing football game. I said nobody nobody cared. No one was interested. Um, mm. <laughs> And that was a bit deflating because my fam- no one in my family likes football either. And I just felt like I had no one to talk to. But actually, Sutton yeah. United is the sort of club where you start going and suddenly you've got loads of friends. It's, it was, it's like a big family. It's brilliant. And that's cliche, but it really is. But it's, it's, it's true, though. I wouldn't put it as a, as a cliche at all. Um, it is entirely true. I mean, there was a period of my life, again, it's a little bit different because I read in a, a, a lot higher up the pyramid, of course, but I left school. I never, I've never kept in touch with anybody at school. A uh, little bit of an in-betweener. And I went, you know, five, six years without actually having a group of friends. And football 
everything completely changed. Um, you know, I've got that group of friends, I've, you know, they're still in touch with them, still still see them regularly now. Um, so even though I've moved away, uh, I do see them as often as I as I can. I'm living closer to Swindon than, than Reading now, but it's it's so true that once you start going to football, everybody has that that same. Um, they're all they're all there for the same thing, and there's that that common bond of your football club, and it's, you know it's, it's what literally one of the. Uh, yeah, it's one of the, I can't put it any different. It's one of the best thing, one of the best feelings in the world, actually. Particularly when you know seeing your friends at football, and you go for for a day, and you know the focal point of the day so often ends up being a complete disappointment. But hey, <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? So. It is. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, someone said to me when I was when I was quite young, they said, "Oh, Sutton United, that's like your second home." And I said, "No, it's not my first home. When my parents live, that's my second home." <laughs> <laughs> so, I felt more welcome at football than even at home than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So that was '95. Um, that's right. That's what, uh, uh, who, who took you? Did, did you just sort of take yourself off by yourself, or did you find somebody to take you? Or well, yeah, I sort of just took myself. Um, see, my, my parents wouldn't let me go by myself, um, so I had to kind of beg and bribe people to take to sort of go with me <laughs> yeah. but then in the other sort of you know how sneaky teenagers are I managed to sort of start yeah. thinking around the whole parental rules thing um so I mean people always ask me who do you go with but my answer was always the same I don't need to go with anyone the people I'm with will be there when I get there yes and it's like yes. you said about you know get making those friends and feeling at home and knowing everyone there so I'd wander down to the ground by myself but as soon as I got there I was among friends did that uh those friendships kind of develop almost instantly or did they did it take a while to to build them up I think some of them kind of because I was never very good at making friends when I was younger and I think actually football changed that because this like you said so many people with a common purpose um, and after a while, I think some actually some people who know me might be surprised to hear that I used to find it quite difficult to make friends because these days I'll just go up to anyone and talk to them. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, at first I just sort of started recognising the same faces and just just it just you just naturally stopped talking to people. So I don't think it took very long um, because it is such a friendly club. And at the time it was, you know, we, we'd get crowds of five to seven hundred. It was the same faces week in, week out. Um, and you, you would, it was hard not to start talking to people, really. I made some quite close, I mean, I'd say after a year or so, I had some quite close friends starting to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's really positive to hear because I, I, I don't know if you've, um, if you've picked up on, on the series that I had, um, how long ago, three or four months ago now with uh, uh, the Her Game 2 crowd. Um, there was a, 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 well, a number of um, episodes that I did with Kaz and with uh, Lucy and and Leah and and Eve and, all, and a few other other girls. And I know I've noticed um, on on Twitter that you're a big big follower and a big admirer um, of what they do. Um, is, does that come from you know a, a position of um, experience, the way you, you've experienced that kind of thing that they that they experience, or is that um, is that not something that you've you've come across so much? Oh, for sure. You cannot be a woman who's 
followed football as long as I had and not experienced some sort of discrimination due to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've come across quite a lot of it. It's, it, I, it I don't don't see it as much as I used to. And I'm not sure if that's how much of that is because times have moved on a little bit and how much of it is because I'm older. Um, mm. It's hard to say which, you know, um, but it used to be kind of every week. I, I just, you know, I like to talk to anyone who'll listen about football. And uh, I always used to find that there's always there'd always be some guy there who'd say, oh, really? Go on, explain the offside rule. I bet you can't. And, you know, that challenged like as if it was it was sort of a gatekeeping thing like you don't belong yeah justify um, your position exactly and it would usually turn out I could explain the offside rule better than they could um and and I, and I sort of I mean I still get quite a lot of oh, oh you're a real fan aren't you like in a surprise tone um and that sort of thing <laughs> but I, I mean I don't it know does. that <laughs> it's, a, it's a yeah no, it's 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 I, I, almost everyone that I've spoken to um, has got a similar story to tell, really. And it's a little bit depressing that, that, that men feel they need to be, like you used the perfect word there, that gatekeeper um, and that, that, that barometer of, of, uh, of, of, of passion, that barometer of, of fandom. It's like, does, you don't need to be. Just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's so sad that it happens. Does it, do you get tired of it or is it just a roll easy type um response or how does it make you feel i used to get tired of it um the kind of uh, the, hearing the same old things over and over again it used to just annoy me like like for instance um i'd have a i had a partner who was you know his thing that he'd like to do on, on a weekend was just to go shopping um, and the amount of times I heard you two are the wrong way round, ha ha ha! You're the football fan who's the shopper. It should be the other way round, isn't that hilarious? Mm-hmm. And that just wind me up because people are allowed to have interests, you know, whatever they want. Um, now, I kind of uh, it's kind of more frustrating now because it it's 2021. This sort of thing shouldn't be happening anymore. But now I feel a lot more confident to challenge things. I used to feel not frightened to challenge it, but I used to feel that if I did challenge it, I'd be seen as, you know, oversensitive, a bit of a nag, that sort of thing. Because I have been, I've been labelled those things before just for saying, oh, hang on a minute, what you're doing is making me feel unwelcome at football and that is not fair. Um, And this is, you know, this is why I'm feeling that way. Because I've, I mean, I've, I've had a lot worse than the things that I've mentioned to you so far. Um, I think some of them wouldn't particularly be nice to talk about. Um, when I've tried to challenge it, it's kind of sometimes elicited a response that's like, "Oh God, here we go again." And I remember mm-hmm. one time I very gently challenged the way that my club was doing something. I mean, my club has been quite inclusive and I and I love that. I'm very proud of it. Um, but I gently challenged the way something was being planned. It had been planned for women, but by men. Um, and I wanted to just sort of say, this is a woman's perspective on that. Um, and someone, someone I knew, someone I know told me that another Sutton fan had said, oh, Sarah's going off on one again. Um, because that's, the kind of response that often we get if we challenge things mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's because um 
the culture of football has always been, you know, it's a man's game. And sometimes um, people love football. They love, you know, it's, it's something we're very passionate about, like you say. And I think some people may be a little bit worried that the thing they love is going to be forcibly changed in some way if we keep challenging the way things are done. It's not mm-hmm. that they want carry on discriminating against women not at all it's more that they want football to be football and they worry that if we try too hard to change things then it might not be the same anymore do you see where i'm coming from absolutely see where you're coming from yeah so you talk about uh sort of very early on um picking up on some of the comments and getting a little bit fed up with what people were saying and, you know, almost gender stereotyping. Um, but you alluded uh, alluded to um, some presumably unsavoury things that have uh, experiences that you've had um, as well. Um, did, did you find that that was something that gradually escalated or was it just something that, that that sort of occurs i want to call it a one-off but not a one-off does that does that make sense yeah it does make um, sense and it, it is more that yeah it's it's uh, there's been a few incidents should we say um it's not really something that's built up gradually over time it's it's been sort of um you know i remember a time at an away ground when um a female friend and i were, were walking past the home fans um because obviously being non-league at the time, we could do that. Um, and getting some really nasty things shouted at us just for walking past them while being female at a football match. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stuck with me for a while. Um, and things, just, just a lot of sort of sexual stuff gets shouted sometimes. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not always just the stuff that's directed at me. Um, I hear things directed at other women i, I mean I'm, I'm using the present tense it hasn't happened for a while um i do remember a time when um when sean massey ellis was uh running the line at one of our fa cup games and i heard mm. something really really rude and sexist shouting shouted at her that wasn't wasn't even true um and uh I just think, you know, we need to create an environment where people feel safe to challenge that sort of thing. Um, I speak yeah. to my um, fellow fans, my male fellow fans, um, and often I sort of try and say to my friends, look, you know, I'm not saying it needs to be always you that calls these things out because sometimes it's so subtle that although it has an effect if you're not on the receiving end, it might be harder to pinpoint it. So I'm not saying it's always everyone else's responsibility to call it out. What I am saying is have our backs. If we call it out, back us up. Yes, that actually happened, you know, because sometimes you try and raise an issue with people and they will say, oh, you know, he's harmless. He doesn't mean it. Um, You know, he's only joking about, um, oh, he was brought up in a different era. He doesn't realise, you know, that sort of thing. And that, to be quite honest, isn't very helpful. 
it no. doesn't do anything to challenge the culture that we need to be challenging and yeah of course that can be really uncomfortable to do especially if you believe that someone's heart is genuinely in the right place and they don't realize the effect they're having it can be harder to challenge them but if we don't do that then the people who are doing outright you know horrible things like the people i was talk talked about at first who who shouted really terrible things at me and my friend they'll feel that they're in an environment where they can do that the more people who are on board and kind of have our backs and feel safe to challenge these things and sadly it's often safer for a man to challenge it than it is for a woman because of the reactions mm -hmm. we get the more people feel that they can challenge it and do so then i think the less kind of comfortable people will be with basically perpetrating sexist abuse and making you know whether it's subtle or blatant it doesn't really it, i mean it does make a difference of course but it, it it's both of those are bad because even the subtle stuff can have the effect of making women feel like we don't belong like we're not welcome like we're not safe um mm -hmm. because if the little things are allowed to happen then it feels like often rightly that the big things will go unchallenged where we feel genuinely concerned for our safety i mean i've had rape threats um while i get just because um you know it was just because we were arguing about <laughs> something tactical on the pitch and it escalated into this guy threatening well he says um i could have you up against that wall and you know i won't say everything that he said because i don't really want to, okay. <laughs> to go I think, that again. I think we can imagine um, the kind of things that he said already yeah 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 uh, and i think i mean i will caveat that by saying it was possibly 15 20 years ago at least um but the fact that he felt that that was the thing he could say at a football match that's quite significant mm -hmm. the thing he felt like he could say that in a public place surrounded by hundreds of people and it was okay for him to say that so that's so the nobody bat nobody battered an eyelid i don't think anyone else actually quite hurt. extreme <laughs> it was pretty extreme yeah yeah um no there wasn't actually anyone else within earshot but there were people right. within sight and they could see his body language which matched his words I, I i i don't get how a football discussion uh, I, I, I don't get it i don't get how a football can dis discussion disagreement can escalate into a, th a threat to a woman, both physically and 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 mentally. I don't understand that. I think I, it I, might be I, words fail. Words fail me. Yeah, I know it's 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 baffling, isn't it? But I think partly, perhaps, perhaps he felt threatened by me impinging on what he saw as his territory and he was sort of trying to regain that power i don't know mm -hmm. I, I mean that's just speculation but it could be something like that 
It could be. It could be. But, you know, <laughs> it's time that people, I mean, yes, all right, you did caveat it that it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, but, you know, it's time that we broke down those territorial boundaries because it is the game for everybody. Exactly. Um, and mean, that's what her game, her game 2 is, uh, is designed to do. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's those are some quite hurtful experiences of yours. Um, and yeah, thank you for sharing them and, and talking about them. And you, you've spoken really eloquently, uh, really, about what needs to happen. Um, and I, you know, it's the sort of thing that needs to be discussed more and more across the footballing board. Um, I think um, what we'll we'll do is uh, we'll just progress this along to happier times shall we say um so you've been following sutton for 25 years 26 years now and there's been a few i can imagine experiences and memories of on the pitch activity uh that i can imagine you, you you'd want to talk about both both good and bad massively <laughs> i don't know where to start with that um I can tell you about the mo oh, I just think there's so many memorable moments. Um, just so many. Uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> wherever, wherever you want to. I don't know if that puts it in your court, but I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, I think there's a. There's been promotions from the National League South, haven't there? Or Vanara is it Vanarama or was it the Blue Square South? Um, We've won a league for five years. <laughs> so we won uh, one in right. 2011. Um, we, well, we, we can go back further than that, actually, because our story starts, really. Our story kind of, the current, the current story that we're living in sort of starts with relegation. Um, we had a 2007 to eight season, we had the most, dreadful season we only won five league games all season um mm -hmm. we i always say when Sutton get promoted we do it in style we, we, we've never won a playoff game uh, and when we get relegated is the same we really <laughs> end up finishing rock bottom that's what happened that season um and then um that's when paul doswell came in um we kind of we went we were relegated to step three which which was you know it's the lowest level of our history and uh, it was mm -hmm. sort of the nadir of my Sutton supporting days, certainly. Um, and uh, we took a few, we, we had a few full starts via the playoffs, which as I say, we never win in. Um, 2011, we won what was then the Ryman League. And that was a very memorable season for me because um, having a feeling that we'd go up that year um, it wasn't. It didn't take a genius, to be honest. Um, I thought it might be the last chance to do something that I'd always felt like I'd quite like to do. Uh, and what I did was I um, got my bike, or I got a new bike, actually, and I cycled to every away game that season uh, as a bit of a fundraiser for the club's sort of community development fund, um, which mm -hmm. was obviously made that a very memorable season, not only winning the league, but also having all those journeys on the way um which you know I could talk about that all day but I won't um but also having one of my one of the proudest achievements of my life is uh Sutton United has uh what we call club man of the year which obviously I'm not a man but that's what it's called 
and uh, mm-hmm. you know they will give the award at the end of the season to someone who's made sort of the biggest contribution, I suppose. Although you can't win it twice, uh, and I won that that season. And because the club means so much to me, that has is really up there with the most proud achievements of my life. And I've got the little trophy sitting in the cabinet in my living room. Uh, I also won a national one from the um, National Game Awards that the non-league paper was doing. So I had. Um, so I had that that season and then we won the league. And then five years later in 2016, we won the uh, National League South. And then five years after that last season, um, we were in the National League. So I guess we'll be in the Premier League by 2036. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've not been counting at all, have you? Oh, that's, not I mean, that, all, that, no. that, that 10-11 season sounds absolutely epic. And I've just got the fixture list up here and, there's been some, there are some quite easy ones to go to, like Car Sholton. Um, I cycled to the ground early doors, left my bike locked up in their bike rack, and then went to the pub. And then <laughs> nice. Really, really drunk. Nice. I was going to say, it could, could only have taken you 10 or 15 minutes to do that one. But then you're, selling, you're saying really that you cycled. But then you're saying that you cycled to, to, to places as far flung as Hastings and Lowestoft. How yeah, long did Hastings. That take? Hastings was the hardest one actually. Even though it was, it Lowestoft was, um, you know, over twice as far. But Hastings, um, from South London, just a very different down, isn't it? Yeah, up and down, isn't it? No matter it? which yeah. way you, you go, there, there seems to be absolutely no downhill whatsoever. Um, and Hastings is at quite a high elevation. It's on the top of those cliffs. Um, and there was a thunderstorm and I uh, I was eating some sweets to keep my energy levels up and I managed to pull my filling out on the toffee um, and I didn't know what to do with it and I accidentally swallowed it. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got absolutely soaked through. Um, and uh, a couple of times... I lost the because there were sort of unmarked little back roads um, mm-hmm. and there was some quite because because you are going over some quite steep hills and, and sort of the roads tend to branch sort of to go around the, the worst bits of the hill and, and I, a couple of times I took the wrong one um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was didn't see it doesn't seem that long ago it was only sort of 11 years ago but um, phones weren't quite as good as they are now in terms of you know, Google Maps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was tricky. But still enjoyable. All of them were enjoyable. Bowie was my favourite. It was a winter's morning. It was January. It was freezing cold, but a lovely sunny day. Um, it was got some absolutely beautiful kind of scenery on the way. You don't think of Essex yeah. as being the most scenic place, but actually there are places in Essex, sort of particularly the north of the county, that are really beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, the roads were quiet because it's, I mean, it, that's not exactly a well-trodden route, I suppose, going up that up that direction. Um, and it was just really peaceful. It was a lovely day. And then when I got there, I had the biggest mixed grill of my life in a pub. And I just wanted some protein and I just had a huge plate of meat um, and I was very happy after that especially with the beer that came with it oh, 
Um, so did you did you cycle there and back, or did you just cycle there and have a, like a support car and then just drive back? Um, it varied. Sometimes I'd cycle back again. Um, lower soft. Uh, the supporters club very kindly let me stash my bike on the supporters coach and go back on that. Mm-hmm. And and I would have loved to cycle back from all of them, but I simply didn't have time. I mean, lower stop was 131 miles. I cycled yeah. to Ips yeah. on the first day, which is something like 86 miles. And then the rest yeah, yeah. Of the- about it, most of these were Saturday gains and I'd have to be at the ground for a three o'clock kickoff. Um, mm-hmm. So doing 130 plus miles before 3 p.m. is a bit of a tall order. So, you know, that, that I'd often break them over two days if they were the longer ones. Um, most of yeah. them I did in a day, but it was just I'd, I'd preferred to kind of get there nice and early. Do you know how much money you raised for the um, community trust? It was about 4,000. So I was really, really impressed with the response I got from that. But people were amazing. People from other clubs. Um, so I remember Hastings waved me through the gate and said, you don't pay, we'll put the money in the pot. And, you know, I was so touched by the support that we got. It was it was a really wonderful thing. And it just, it was, it's that sort of community feel that non-league football has. I mean, my heart, my heart is still in non-league football, even though my club isn't anymore. Um, it just, the sense of community is just wonderful. And this, this is fascinating. I, I know this is one of the journeys that I, that I was really hoping to sort of take when I started this podcast is not asking questions about somebody beforehand, just asking them to come on, talk about their support. And suddenly you find, you know, somebody, you know, they, they, like you said, we're going to get into it in a minute um, with somebody who, who, who bakes cakes and, um, and ask people to donate to a specific charity. You've, you've written to every away game to raise money for Sutton United's community trust. I mean, this is just, I'd say this isn't, uh, I mean, it, it's not been pre-planned to, to get you on here, as it were. You know, it's not you've not been poli- not policed, but you know what I mean. And this is yeah. uh, this is absolutely astounding, really. And this is you know you you have a you really do have a story that needs to be told more and more. Um, Thirty six uh, years. I, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, where do we where do we go from that? Well, we might as well. I mentioned cakes. Uh, and before we get too hungry, we might as well talk about cakes. Um, let's talk about cakes. So let's talk about cakes. So uh, uh, I, I tweeted you on, responded to one of your um, uh, tweets on Saturday, uh, calling people to come and get your cakes. Um, uh, it, it was for a local homeless. The charity was for a local homeless um, centre this time around, wasn't it? Do you do different charities? And uh, all right, well, just just tell us what, where did this idea come from and. Um, yeah, where do you take it? Where does it come from? I, well, I have to go back to the start of the pandemic, to be honest. I've always enjoyed baking. Um, I was never particularly good at it, but I always enjoyed it, which is the main thing. Um, and then um, you see the one thing that's that's kept me, always kept me grounded, but no matter what ups and downs I go through in life, uh, and you were talking earlier about about mental health. I mean, I, I too have suffered from anxiety and depression. Uh, and the one thing that's always kept me going is that football has always been my happy place and it's always been a constant. No matter what else happens in life, you can always rely on football to be there. And then suddenly it wasn't. Mm-hmm. The whole world turned upside down. Um, there were some terrible things going on around. I mean, I work in social care. So uh, I, I've sort of had to deal with some very difficult situations to do with COVID and so on. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's a very harrowing time for everybody. And there was no football to kind of keep us going in the background. Um, and I sort of, sort of created a void in my life that I had to channel something else into to fill that void. Uh, so I sort of took up baking in a more serious way. Um, the issue is now that I love baking so much that I bake more stuff than my family and I can actually eat. <laughs> so <laughs> one day recently, I found myself with um, almost a whole loaf of bread that was about to go off. So I thought, well, what can I do with this? I'll make a bread pudding rather than waste a loaf of bread because I really hate wasting yeah. food. Um, yeah, lovely. Good start. So, yeah, I do love a bread pudding. So I made a bread yeah. pudding, but I mean... Good load of butter and loads of milk and loads of currants and, and whatnot. That'll and do. Yeah. Eggs and, and I have a little... My my little my 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 sort of signature twist on it is I always um, chop up an apple and put an apple in there as well because it keeps it very moist. There's a tip. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I did that and I just thought, well, there's there's no, there's no way that this is going to get eaten in my household. We don't even have a freezer because our kitchen is so tiny. Uh, we just have a little freezer compartment in our fridge. I can't freeze things really. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I'm all about not wasting food. Well, this this is going to go mouldy if I don't get it eaten. And I thought, well, can I give it to someone? And, you know, it occurred to me that I'll go to football every week. I'm, I'm surrounded by people. Some of them must be hungry. Um, I, I wouldn't want to step on the club's toes or anything. So um, I wouldn't kind of get in the way of what the tea bars are selling at football but they don't really sell sweet yeah. things they do chocolate bars but they don't sort of do cakes or anything like that no. so although i love making savory things I, I wouldn't take the savory things because i wouldn't want to take any customer away from the tea bar um and from the club uh but yeah so so i, I it started with me taking this bread pudding down and i just thought well you know what every week for a while every week i've sort of had chosen a charity of the week it's either something that I've seen that week that's kind of moved me and I think and I want to support this cause or I've seen um, a charity doing really good things and I think that's a great thing to support and what I'll do is I'll sort of try to spread a bit of awareness about that cause during the week where it's my charity of the week and then I'll make a little donation mm -hmm. online um, at the end of the week and I thought well you know, I, I could just be handing out bread pudding left, right and centre. That's fine. I'm quite happy to do that. I like, you know, I like giving things away. Um, but also I could I could try and sort of tie this together with, with supporting a charity. So what I always say is, um, you know, I'm not selling things, but I would really appreciate if people make a donation. Because obviously ingredients do cost money as well. And, and I kind of it's sort of become a thing so I'm kind of um, thinking what should I make this week rather than oh I've made something what do I do with it um and I do sort of find myself in an endless sort of cycle of leftovers so <laughs> I'll make one thing that needs a lot of something and then I've got that one thing that's kind mm -hmm. of it's gonna so I have to think of something else I can put it in um so I, I already I already had that but now now I'm kind of I feel like I'm feeding a crowd so I'll get more of so on and, and again I don't I don't mind um I don't mind spending a bit of money because it's for it's for a hobby that I love doing um yeah and, and I'm I'm never going to charge people for that but I do want to I do want to help charities at the same time and I think um you know just asking people to donate to a charity is, is all well and good but I think giving them something nice as well like a biscuit or a cake um 
it helps them feeling like like they're getting something for their money as well as well as that good feeling you get when you support a charity as well as knowing that you've helped someone um and i just think it sort of ties together quite nicely um but i'm being um you know i've only just i've only just like i said it was it was the bread pudding that started it off so it's only recently i've been doing this um so i'm not quite sure where it's gonna go <laughs> but i don't mind just carrying on doing it like this because it's quite nice quite like turning up at football with my little treat box and saying he wants a bit of this um but i was just looking at the uh um the tweet that that, that caught my eye uh on on saturday and looking at the chopping board and there's, there's sort of coconut ice there isn't there it looks like yeah and there's um it looks like sort of chocolate viennese whirls type things oh, yeah those um, are caramel caramel are they uh, okay well, i'm so trying to work out what the thing what what those things are in the middle as well are they kind of sort of apple turnover type things are they those are fig rolls oh close <laughs> there's a bit of food as and, well. uh, and there's a yeah there's, there's something in the bottom right there that like, looks like it's sort of it might be um toffee or, or chocolate covered or something like that yeah that's that's chocolate fudge yeah the, the caramel ice in the fudge uh, the caramel uh, sorry the coconut ice in the fudge um actually i made those as a gift for a friend's birthday because mm -hmm. I like to make treat hampers for, for gifts as well um, but it's quite hard to make a very small quantity of those things so there's always kind of loads left over um, which I will end up trying not to eat myself because mm -hmm. you know it's not very good for you to eat the, the, the huge quantities of stuff that I end up making so I have to find <laughs> someone to the, the Viennese whirls were an invention of I had, they were they were a part of the endless cycle of leftovers. I had um, I had some caramelized condensed milk and and some honeycomb, um, and a, and a few other bits that I needed to use up. So I thought, what can I use those? And I, I sort of hit on the idea of making Viennese whirls, but making them caramel instead of sort of the jam that you normally get from them. Um, and yeah, that, those those went very very quickly. So I might make those again sometime. Luckily, I remember to write my recipe down as I went. I don't always remember to do that. Uh, this, this episode is going to be nicknamed The Hunger Games. I'm sure it is. Um, so whereabouts are do you? Do you actually um, sort of give them away once you're in the ground or do you stand outside the ground and um, and it's kind of a free for all for everybody? Or whereabouts do, whereabouts do you go to give them away? Well, not give them away, but you kind of do, but you don't. You know I do. I mean. Yeah, it's not quite as popular as you're making out, to be honest. I think um, I think people are a bit shy to come up to me and say, I want some food. Because I think people feel a bit greedy. <laughs> I would say, please don't. That's what they're for. That, I don't bring them just to eat myself. And um, I mean, people are very keen to sort of share my tweets. But um, I, I t the, the, first time, the first time I did this, I had more retweets than I had people actually coming to take the thing. Really? A kind of it, it's often it's me going up to people and saying would you like something um because i mean people they'll, they'll go up to the tea bar if they're hungry um but i think people are a bit too shy to come up to me so i'm going to see if i can break through that but i do i do just sort of um well you do it the more people will get used to it and they'll know won't they yeah, that's, that's, that's the key to it is perseverance that's it that's exactly what i'm thinking yeah so i kind of i do i do um i do offer and people usually say yes if I offer. Um, so it's, 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 you're inside the ground, so there's there's, yeah. there's no way you can get to the. Is there a way that that um, you can get to uh, opposition fans and 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 offer them um, the chance to well, sample, sample your cakes? Or there's been a couple on Twitter who've said, "Oh, 
you know, as a, a, in a joking way, can you can you get some to our end? And I've said, well, you know what? If I can if I can get like um, a steward or you know whoever to so, someone who's on the other side of the barrier to, to pass something down, then sure, why not? Um, but I think that would have to be done via Twitter. Yeah, no, but keep all I say is you know keep it up, and as and when if if we you well, I, I I just hope hope and pray that when Reading plays Sutton. Um, that the cakes are still going and you can get them to the away fans because, uh, uh dear, I love a cake. Anyway, a most people love a cake, don't they? We could, take, we could, we could talk cakes all day. I certainly could do. Um, and it sounds like you could do as well. Um, uh, but we need to move on and we'll get into the, into the significant six. And these are all your favorites, football wise. Um, so uh, you've obviously seen the questions beforehand and giving it a little bit of thought, I'd imagine. Uh, so talk to us about your favourite game. I haven't had that much time to think about it, to be honest. Um, so, well, this is kind of going to be very much off the cuff. Um, favourite game is, uh, you know, I, I did think about that one, and I thought, crikey, how can I choose a favourite game? And we've had so many amazing ones. I mean, even, even the one we've just had on Saturday was just a quality game of football against Port Vale. Uh, I've seen other games like that. There was one... Um, there was one that we lost actually. We lost five four at Dorchester Town once. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was so disappointing to walk away without anything. But what a cracking game it was! Um, but you know, my, my favourite game is probably going to be one of the FA Cup games in our in our famous run of of 2016-17 when we got to the fifth round. Um, there was for for a non-league football fan, as of course we were at the time. Um, there was going to be very few things that can be kind of playing a club like Arsenal having Arsenal in your in your ground <laughs> it was ridiculous um mm-hmm. I, I I remember making my way to the my usual spot um on the terrace with the same people more of them but you know familiar faces all around me and looking up and sort of glancing over towards the dugouts and instead of some you know other non-league manager standing there. There's, there's Arsene Wenger standing with his game face on as if he was playing in the Champions League. It was <laughs> unreal. absolutely amazing. Um, there's, you know, obviously we didn't win that one. Um, so, you know, the replay at AFC Wimbledon in the third round of that same cup run has got to be up there. You know, a late winner had everything. <laughs> that game was amazing. It was just such an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, I say late winner. We were already... Um, you know, it was it was three one. So you know, it was it was pretty comfortable considering the the, the gap between two, the two goals, sides. Two goals in the ninetieth minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. That that one. Um, the the second the sec, our second goal. Um, that was the big moment really. Uh, when the third one went in, I, I couldn't see. I'm only five foot tall. <laughs> it, was, it was at the other end <laughs> from where we were. And there were a lot of people crammed in there. Uh, and it was, you know, I was at King's Meadow, which is not a big, big ground. Um, that was, yeah. that, that is, you know, that would be a favourite game. Um, there's been a couple um, where we've played on my birthday. Um, and... Uh, one time it was it was the Surrey Senior Cup, which a lot of people will, will dismiss as not being an important thing. Um we took it more seriously then. 
birthday, which was great. Uh, and last season mm -hmm. we beat Bromley on my birthday as well, late girls again. So that, that was fun. Um, there's been so many other games that I could list among my favourite games. Um, there was... Uh, there was a 5 0 win to win the title in 1999 against Aldershot, who were pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. The same season, our title rivals were Aylesbury United that season. They were well ahead at one point, and then they kind of, I, I really felt for them, they kind of imploded. But the, the, the turning point really was when we beat them 4 1 at their ground. And it was April, so it was late in the season. And we kind of cruised the title from there. But that, that game was quite, it, it's really stuck in, in the memory. Um, yeah, there's so many of them. See, see what I mean? I can't pick a favourite. I know that's a cop-out, but how could you pick a favourite from that? <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Um, so your birthday's on the 2nd of March, is it? Yes, very very quick research. <laughs> Good internet. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I say when when you when you have so many happy memories, some people do find it difficult to pick one out. Um, but hey, you know, one of those things. What about your favourite away ground? Um, well, that's sort of changed a bit over the years. Um, I could again, I could list so many of them that I love. Um, one that I always enjoyed going to unfortunately it's it's not there anymore um or the team's not there anymore anyway which was newport county's old um spitty park ground mm -hmm. uh, i used to absolutely love going there um my beloved granny uh, lived in newport she passed away a few years ago i mean she, she would she would be uh she'd be over 100 if she was still alive now so she wasn't exactly mm -hmm. young um and she, she lived uh, near newport and i used to i used to love going there and uh, knowing that afterwards I'll be able to see my granny and, and um, you know, have, have a, we used to go down down her local for a pint. Um, sometimes when she got when she got very old, I, I'd cook her dinner as well because um, you couldn't quite manage for both of us. And um, so there's always that to look forward to. But then the, the ground itself, um, they had uh, they had the mascot, Spitty the dog. <laughs> it was always good for that. <laughs> Uh, there's yeah. a video somewhere of me dancing with him um he once kind of pretended to propose to me with a lollipop instead of a ring um <laughs> well, i was in love with spitty i assume you said that. yes <laughs> of course i did um we, we had some great games there as well um and uh one thing i'll always remember is they used to have this amazing cottage pie that they sold there in their tea bar. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would always look forward to the cottage fire and the fans. There were some absolutely lovely fans there. I always uh, enjoyed seeing it. It's been a while now, so I'm really looking forward to making a um, re-establishing acquaintance. I'll learn how to speak one of these days. You know, you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. I look forward to yeah, seeing re them again. Reacquainting re yourself down at Rodney Parade. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Nick Bennett, uh, one of my one of my former uh, well, one of, friend of the show and former former guest or guest of the show, um, and of course uh, her game two co-founder. She'll be very pleased with that answer. Uh, yes, yes, of course uh, that's, you are. That's a good one. <laughs> good one. What about what about your favourite season then? You know what? If we could have been there, it would have been last season. But because we couldn't be there for nearly all of the season, I can't really. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really say that one just just because, you know, it was it was 
weird in so many ways. Um, so I yeah. think if I've got yeah. to pick one season as my favourite, um, I will go for 2016-17. Um, so that was the year after we got promoted to step one to the National League. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, none, none of us were really quite sure how we'd get on. Uh, and we did really well that season. Um, and, of course, the main thing was that cup run. That yeah. FA Cup run where we got to the fifth round for the first time in our history. We beat three league clubs on the way. Um, and uh, it, was, it was such an amazing cup run because um, with the exception of the first two rounds where it was the other way around, we played a team in a higher division each round. So we mm -hmm. played Forest Green in the first round, who were who were National League, and and, and that was the fourth qualifying round. Um, and then we played Dartford, who were National League South. Um, and then we played a League Two side, a League One side, uh, then we played a Championship side, and then we played Premier League side. So that that FA Cup one had absolutely everything. Um, and uh, we finished. I think that was the season we finished third as well. We got we were in the playoffs. Um, and it was quite, it was really quite a season, quite a season. And uh, yeah, it was just such an amazing time to be a Sutton burn. We had to make a few adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. I'm just looking at, look, yeah. again, looking at those FA Cup results. And you know, that Dartford game that you mentioned was a bit of a cracker, wasn't it? 6-3 in the end. A, uh, a friend and I were, was, the, the first, um, in the first half, it was it was literally a goal every five minutes up until about the 20th minute. Um, mm -hmm. And my friends and I were, were sort of joking about uh, value for money and um, how much we'd paid for each goal. Uh, and we worked out that it was something like, it was something ended up being something like 70p per goal or something. I can't remember what it was exactly. <laughs> but that's pretty good value for money, isn't it? That could have been yeah. nil-nil. Not, I mean, they, not they, bad they at all. <laughs> so we've, we've also mentioned the Arsenal game, of course. Um, but the, the fourth round game, you mentioned the championship team, and they weren't, I mean, counting, in some ways I'm counting Reading in this category, they weren't some sort of two-bob championship team either, were they? Leeds United? No, no. I mean, now, you know, since then they've promoted the Premier League, so there you go. Um, yeah, they. I think they underestimated us a bit. Um, leads and you could argue uh, that Arsenal did as well because that because the Arsenal game was only 2 0, which is you know absolutely no, uh, no, know, I don't think they did. I, I think we, we were just incredible in that game. Um, it was one of those ones where, um, sort of the, it was adrenaline fueled, I suppose. Like, it, it, it's it's almost you can almost compare it with a sort of life or death situation where a human being is capable of incredible feats of, of survival. It sometimes that it almost you get an echo of that in football and it was a bit like that I don't think Arsenal underestimated I think they, they paid us the utmost respect um and Leeds didn't put out the strongest side they could have done uh, and um I think I think Arsenal were kind of um took note of that should we say um no no I think I think we were just amazing against Arsenal uh, and it was you know it's obviously something that none of us who were there will ever forget that Arsenal game was also infamous, infamous, wasn't it? For uh, Wayne that. Wayne Shaw, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't give him the pie, did you? No. Um, yeah, I, I, I that I, it was very disappointing to be honest that that happened because now um, 
you know, since then, we, we used to get, there'd be little moments where you'd come, you'd start talking about football with a random person and they'd say, who do you support? And you say Sutton United. Um, and it used to be that they'd say, oh, you beat, um, who was it you beat? Oh, it was Coventry City once in the FA Cup, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Arsenal game was sort of where that changed. Uh, and it wasn't, yeah. oh, you're that non-league side that got to the fifth round and beat three league clubs and played Arsenal. Wow, well done. It wasn't that. It's, didn't your keeper eat that pie? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're remembered for. And that kind of grinds my gears a bit, to be honest. Yeah, and understandably, because it's not what you want to be remembered for. And it was, no. it was, you know, ultimately it was, I mean, it was amusing, but then you realise actually um, it was you know, quite petty as well from, I mean, he should have known better, shouldn't he? And the well, irony yeah. being, of course, yeah. the very next game, he went to Torquay and he was suspended, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. You yes. didn't have another yeah. goalkeeper on the bench and your goalkeeper ended up being injured, substituted after 16 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> was, uh, but you still Didn't, went on to win the game. Exactly, yeah. That's why I don't mind you talking about it, because we won anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there's, been, there's, been a couple, there's been a couple of times where we've um, where I've seen a non-goalkeeper going goal, um, and some of them ended up better than others. But that, you know, that, that one would have, you know, it would have... If, if we'd gone on to lose that game because we didn't have a keeper... And, you know, I can only imagine the stick we would have got for that as a club. Mm-hmm. But I, I absolutely think that the club did the, do the right thing because, you know, there are rules and the rules are there for a reason. Um, and even though it was it was not a bet about something that could happen on the pitch, because, of course, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone who's listening will know this anyway, but it, it was to do with a, a bet um, that uh, it was some bets, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and it tried to song, blank yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, and and they uh, sort of put one of their sort of joke bets up that you know the Sutton keeper because he's a bit overweight and overweight people are hilarious and don't start me on that because yeah don't. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, they think being fat's funny. Um, and uh, because he was a bit overweight, they were like, oh, what, what are the odds that he'll eat a pie during the game? Um, and to be honest, if I was him, I'd feel like doing it as well. To say, you know, don't laugh at me because I'm overweight. There's more to me than that. Um, but there are rules for a reason. And even though mm-hmm. that bet was nothing to do with match fixing or anything that could have happened on the pitch, it's still a rule, you know. And uh, as not only a player, but also one of the coaching team, yeah. um, you know, should have really set an example. And uh, it was just a bit of a silly thing to do, really. Um, and it's not and really. It, it, could have, it could have cost the club a, a hell of a lot more. I mean, as I say, you got those three Definitely. points at Torquay. How many, how many games was he suspended for in the end? Was it three? I can't remember because we let, we had to let him go. To be honest, at that point, yeah. we we probably let him go, yes. and, uh, and it had uh, been suspended for. But he le- he left the club anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, because of the uh, the furore that it that it caused, because it yeah, was I mean, done without anybody anybody knowing at the club, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. They, they, they back. Exactly. Yeah, that, that I think they would have intervened <laughs> otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you can't yeah. you can't have a, yeah. someone sort of breaking those rules, you know, flagrantly breaking those rules, like in full view of of 
a very large audience as well mm-hmm. uh, and not be seen to do something about it. Because, I mean, the club has a reputation to uphold. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, so that was all part of the favourite season and we seem to have lingered a bit more on, on that than perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you really wanted, but you know, it was a, it was ultimately a, a, an infamous part of that season. But talk to us about your favourite ever away, though. Then again, difficult to pick a favourite. Um, again, I, this uh, I, I, the places that I always used to love going to because we'd always have such a laugh. Um, we'd always like, for instance, when we're in the same division as Histon and Cambridge City, we used to love an away day. In, early trip to Cambridge there were some very good pubs there uh, I oh, always cool. love a seaside trip I remember one particular um away day uh at Eastbourne Borough in the FA Cup that's another one where we had uh, we didn't have a keeper <laughs> and uh <laughs> we basically had um a support of the club going goal uh, and he let in a few but we won four three um there was the trip to Bury that I mentioned by bike um there's uh, an away trip to, to Tranmere, um, early early days of our um, of our national of our recent spell in the national league, um, mm-hmm. and it was one of those grounds that just it's, they're, they're, I mean they, they've got a wonderful ground, um, and as someone who'd followed a non league club since the mid nineties, and I've been and seen Sutton regularly playing at grounds of with a capacity of like a few hundred and and um not that much in the way of kind of terracing or stands um and going somewhere like Prenton Park and it just the standard of ground seeing seeing us going there and, and their fans are lovely and I remember mm-hmm. this away trip there <laughs> and uh, the night before I'd I told my mate was giving me a lift up there um because we often travel together and I said to him, I had a dream that on the way to Tranmere, we saw a sign for an ice cream parlour and we stopped there and we had the best ice cream we've had in my life. I said, do you think that dream will come true? <laughs> and uh, we were diverted because of, um, I think it was an accident on the motorway or something. Uh, and we saw a brown sign. If you know, it's, if it's got a brown sign, it's got to be good. Um, <laughs> for an ice cream place. And I said, we can't not stop now. Um, we'd never been that way before. Uh, and we saw this sign for an ice cream place, and we stopped there and flipping out. That was good ice cream, and so my dream came true. So that was quite <laughs> amazing. But I'm building up to um, I'm I'm building up to one that I've decided to pick as my favourite. Now, after that 27, um, 2016-17 season, um, we were invited to play in the Scottish Challenge Cup, and uh, but it was the first season they had asked English clubs to participate, and they'd um, what they done was they'd uh they picked basically the, the top two teams from the previous season that hadn't been promoted so the you know the losing playoff finalists and uh mm-hmm. and the that we were the highest finishing side that hadn't been promoted and uh we got we were fortunate enough to have um two away trips in that um uh, can i cheat and have them both as my favorite away trip yeah um, by all means yeah we had we had Adrianians and um, that was amazing. I've got uh, I've got family um, in laws in fact, in Edinburgh, um, so I made an excuse to go and see them. Um, so that was mm. nice. Um, and then we beat them, and in the next round we get got to play Bohemian, and 
you know, in, in Dublin. And, uh, you know, that's that's the first time I've seen Sutton play overseas. So that was amazing. Um, it, I mean, up until then, we'd had a pre-season friendly the, uh, a few years earlier at Jersey, which was quite something. Uh, but to go to actually, you know, pro- properly go to a different country to watch a competitive match, um, mm-hmm. that was amazing. And it absolutely chucked it down. It, it was you know, a very, very wet day. Nobody cared. Um, just to, to get to get on a plane and go to a different country to watch Sutton was amazing. Um, the atmosphere was amazing. Everything about it was amazing. We, we, we lost the game. Um, it, was a clo- it was a very close game that we lost. Um, but none of us really minded that much. It was all about the experience. Uh, and, yeah, that's definitely, even though we lost, that's probably my favourite ever away trip. So that's the, uh, the Scottish League Challenge Cup, and yet you know you've gone to you've gone to see them play. So presumably that was Irish League, um, English non-league, obviously Scottish lower divisions as well. Um, so that's almost a pan UK. Well, not even, I'm sure the Irish would uh, would would take um, exception to that, but it's almost a pan British Isles Cup, really, isn't it? Yeah, Welsh Welsh clubs as well. Yeah, that's. Uh, Oh, that's quite a competition. Is that is that is that competition still going, or was that just like an experiment? Yeah, it is. I think it's still going. Yeah, I mean, it's still they did the same thing the season after. I was, um, and then after that, we we're a bit too focused on. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what happened after that. I haven't really been paying much attention, to be honest. No, no, sure, but no, that's that's quite a that's quite an experience. It's something that yeah, I say I'm a little bit jealous of. <laughs> to actually go see your team play you. overseas in a competitive game. I don't blame you at all. We, we've had quite the decade, I have to say. It sounds like it. Sounds like it. Right, OK. So what about your favourite current um, Sutton United player? What I find difficult about this question is that what I love about watching Sutton at the moment is because we have such a good team, such a good squad. And what I love watching about them is how well they work together. So to pick out one player from that is really difficult. And mm-hmm. there are certain players who play really well with other players. And um, Matt Gray's team selection has kind of got all that sussed out. Um, we've got um, David Adjiboy, who's a joy to watch because his runs, his runs down the wing are just amazing. Um, we've got, um, I don't, I don't, I, honestly, I don't like picking players out. I, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, we've got Craig Eastmond, who's rock solid in the middle. Um, we've got Isaac Alafi back on loan, um, who was a really big part of our, our championship winning From site last season. Millwall, wasn't he? From Millwall, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he's actually been very influential in in sort of since since he's come back the last couple of games have been um we've been absolutely outstanding and uh, he hasn't sort of played every game start to finish but um you know you can he's made quite a contribution if i absolutely have to pick a player um i i usually say louis john because he's so versatile he's um he's in the second spell at Sutton he went and played for he went and played for cambridge united for a while mm-hmm. um and uh, he's he's an absolute quality player. Um, he is he's made a few mistakes, 
Um, every player makes a few mistakes, but um, you know. But I love I, I I love him. I absolutely love him because not only is he a brilliant defender and he can he can really read a game well and see where where it's you know where where the ball's going, what's going to happen next. But he also scores goals. Uh, and he's, he's got, I don't know if you saw it, he scored this absolutely amazing goal last season from kind of the halfway line. Um, and <laughs> it was just, I could watch that goal over and over and over again. Um, I'm not sure if he really meant to do that. Uh, no, he did. I'm sure he did. Um, <laughs> but, a yeah. defender. <laughs> but I, I, I think if I've, got player, <laughs> if I've got to pick a player, I'm going to go with Louis. Louis John. No, you don't. Yeah. What about your favourite all time? See, it's hard to pick one that isn't in the current side because we're so good at the moment. Mm -hmm. Because we've never played in such a high level before. Because we've never played such good football from you know the time that I've been going for twenty six years. I've been going. I've never seen such good football being played. So it's quite difficult um, to pick someone who isn't in the current side. And if I'm picking someone in the current side, I've already told you who I've picked. Um, but I'm going to have to give a mention to Craig Dundas, uh, who is in the current squad. Um, but he's 40 now, so he's not going to be playing 90 minutes every, every game. Um, mm. Because, you know, Dundo is an absolute legend at the club. and I'm, I'm, I'm not someone who will throw that term around for, for anyone. Um, you know, just he, he's, uh, he's up there with uh, the most appearances of all time. I forget exactly how many appearances he's made now, but it's um, sort of, well... I'm trying, a lot. I'm trying to remember. It was, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Uh, he's got a mural in the ground dedicated to him. That was after his 400th appearance. It was quite a while ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, the fact that he's still going, the fact that he can still, you know, make this, he can, he can, he can still make it, make it into the side when we're playing in League Two. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been, he's been with us forever and ever. I mean, he's, again, it's not his first spell at Sutton either. He's gone away and come back as well. I remember um, he was at Hampton and Richmond Borough um, and uh, we played an FA Cup game there and, and uh, we won 3-1. I think he actually scored their goal. Um, but having him play against us was a bit weird. Um, but, yeah, he he, he he just feels like he's, he's sort of part of the furniture, a bit like I feel like I'm part of the furniture. Uh, and mm -hmm. he is a really, really nice guy. And I think that counts for something. And actually, Matt Gray has said that that counts for something for him. He he will not bring in players unless he reckons that their personalities will fit in as well as their playing style. And I think that's a yeah. really good ethos because he will, he will only bring in good people, people who seem yeah. like they're good people because you can't always tell, obviously. But he he yeah. he uh, he assembles a squad of, of of nice guys who are good footballers, and I love that. That that's one of the things that that you don't necessarily get so high up. You know, attitude, a good attitude was is is key with with a, a clubs at, at, at Sutton United's level. Because um, if you have one one that disrupts the app, or up, up, upsets the apple cart, it's it can be so disruptive in a close knit mm -hmm. close knit club, close knit community. Um, agree. It sounds it sounds like he's uh well certainly the fact that he's he's stayed there for so long. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think uh, when you have players that, that stay stay at a particular club for you know ten years plus, then the work and 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 they they carry themselves around with a plum, then they you know the, the word legend isn't something 
um, that shouldn't be uh, kept away from them, uh, I think, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Because uh, he's been part of history, you see, now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's played a part, in, a significant part in, in Sutton's history, and so rightly so. Uh, that's a, a very positive place, uh, I think, to call stumps on this particular episode. Um, Sarah, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, there's been some bits and pieces that we've spoken about that I didn't think, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd, I'd, I'd end up speaking about you know, things like traveling to away games, all away games on your bike um, and raising money. That's, that's something that really needs to be um, shouted out from the rooftop. That's uh, in particular. And the cakes as well. And uh, the cakes and the goodies that you bring in. Um, and there'll be, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll certainly be looking out for those tweets and retweeting um, as, as and when as and when I see them. Um, Thank you. Hopefully, you hopefully you've enjoyed it. It's uh, it's absolutely. been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. I, no, I've really enjoyed this. It's been really it's been really nice. Good, good. That's the uh, that's the general aim. It's just like two people talking football in a pub is what I like to think. Uh, you could have told me that. Yeah. I made I put a pint for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should have thought about that, but there we go. Anyway, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. A couple of little bits from me just before we go. Usual spiel, Terrace Memoirs on Twitter, at Terrace Memoirs, email address, um, comments, queries, want to come on the show, terracememoirs at gmail.com. Otherwise, yes, uh, this is uh, calling stumps on this particular episode. Sarah, as I say, thank you so much for your time. And this is Terrace Memoirs over and out.